I'm Brian Sudbrink, and you're listening to the Layman's Bible Podcast. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will be will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Isaiah 43, 10-12 Throughout the book of Isaiah, God reveals much about who he is. In this episode, we're going to focus on chapters 40-46, through 46, which has a lot to say about who God is in particular. So to start out with, I'm going to break this down into several categories, and there's going to be a lot of overlap between these categories, um, and I think that's just the, the nature of God, uh, and these aren't going to be perfect, but hopefully will be something that um, will be organized and digestible. So to start off with, the first category I'm uh, just going to title, God as Creator, uh, at least 16 times in these six chapters, God refers to himself as creator. Now, in Jewish thought, uh, the act of creating was not simply limited to bringing something out of nothing. Uh, in other words, um, bringing things into existence. But it was also, it also included the idea of assigning things a role and a purpose and a function within an ordered system. And so God identifies himself as creator. And in one passage in chapter 42, um, he describes himself as the giver of breath and life. So he created everything. But we also see in chapter 46 that God sustains everything. So he not only does he create it, but he maintains it in, uh, he is the reason why anyone or anything can continue to exist. And if you recall on the previous episode on judge, uh, the Jewish thought of what a judge was uh, also encompassed this idea that a judge uh, governed and maintained uh, creation uh, in in regards to God specifically. And so... Uh, God reminds his people in these chapters that he is the judge, he is the one who governs creation, and he maintains it. So, and the second category that I'm going to bring up is what I'm just simply going to call the office of God. And uh, there are two items uh, under this category, and the first one is God refers to himself as king, and so we see that he rules over all creation. And then the second one, as we've already brought up, is that God is the judge of the nations. And I bring this up in this category because this is the other aspect and one that we, as uh, in, people, in today's world, what we think of a judge is that God is an official with authority to administer justice by trying cases. And so uh, constantly throughout the Old Testament, we see disputes coming up amongst the people and God is the one that they go to to settle the disputes and eventually 
you know, God also appoints judges to do this too, but uh, this originates with God. The third category is what I'm going to call God's character. So at least eight times in these six chapters, God refers to himself as being holy. And in the book written by Martin Lloyd-Jones uh, about the great doctrines of the Bible, he defines holiness as God is entirely separate from and apart from sin and evil. God's holiness is essential, absolute purity. And closely related to this is that uh, the idea that God is righteous, and uh, we see at least seven times that God um, refers to himself as righteous. And if we just look up a basic definition in Webster's Dictionary, righteous is defined as being just, morally right, and virtuous. And it should be noted here that God is righteous by nature, whereas man's righteousness is imparted to them by God. So uh, our righteousness comes from God, but God himself is righteous by his very nature. Uh, next in this category on his character, uh, it mentions that God has integrity. And uh, this simply means that he adheres to moral and ethical principles, and he has a soundness of moral character. And so this is an extension of his righteousness. Uh, he is morally right. We also note that we learn in Isaiah that God speaks truth. He is worthy of glory and praise. And then throughout the book, and especially in these chapters, God is a very personal God. He uses terms like my people, my chosen, my servant, and refers to himself as your God. He uses these terms to identify himself in a very personal way rather than just being removed from the people. The next category that I will uh, present is just what I call that God is infinite. So in chapter 40, we see that God has no limitations, and it describes him as everlasting. Uh, several times we see that God is all-knowing. Uh, another way to put that is that God is omniscient. He has a perfect knowledge, and he talks multiple times about that he has the ability to declare what happened in the past as well as to declare what's going to happen in the future. So he knows everything. Another thing closely related to this is that God is all-powerful, and another way of putting that is omnipotent. Uh, the Bible puts this in several different ways, that uh, he is all-powerful, he is almighty, he has all authority, and again, you know, we talked about God being judged, so God has all judicial power. Uh, it also points out that God does not answer to anybody, and he does not receive orders from anybody. And so even uh, having all executive power. And one passage in chapter 43, uh, at least in the translation I was reading, it describes God in, in terms of being unchallengeable. And uh, several times we see uh, God noted as a miracle worker. And so he has the ability to suspend or disrupt the natural order of things to do his will. So he has the power to bend and even break the rules as he sees fit to carry out his will. 
And then it also just uses general descriptive terms as God is powerful and mighty. And very closely related to this is going to be the next category is that uh, the authority of God. And sometimes this is uh, referred to as uh, God being sovereign. In other words, he has all authority. And again, uh, we see that he has authority over all creation. And again, he created it. Uh, he has the ability to perform miracles. And it also notes him as being superior to all authorities. And so, you know, again, he doesn't answer to anybody or receive orders from anybody because he is above all authorities. And closer related to that last one is the next category of God being superior. Uh, it actually specifically in several spots, in fact, I counted it about eight different times that these six chapters mentioned that he is the only God, and as such, God condemns idols. And he even mentions in chapter 43 that he is the only Savior. It also points out that God has no equal. He is superior to all authorities, so he is higher in power. And again, he doesn't answer to anybody else. He does not take orders from anybody else. He is completely uh, sovereign. And again, as we talked about a little bit earlier about him being all-knowing, he it points out that he has superior knowledge. Uh, the next category that I will go over is uh, what I'm just calling God as Savior. It has several terms that uh, are being used to describe him in this way. Several times he is called the Redeemer of his people. It describes him in terms of salvation. Uh, multiple times it calls him the Savior. Again, in chapter 43, it points out that God is the only Savior. And in chapter 45, uh, even talks about God as being the source of salvation. So, and as we go on in these six chapters, it talks about that forgiveness of sin comes from God and God alone. And then in the final category that I will bring up is one that I'm just going to call God as being a helper. And he refers to himself uh, multiple times as being the helper in uh, specifically, when he starts to elaborate on that, it is that he is the help to the needy, and he is described as being the strength of the weak and even the leader of the blind, so he recognizes those who are needy and helpless, and he is their helper. It also describes him in terms of being a defender. It describes uh, God as being a rescuer and a deliverer, so this idea that uh, somebody has found themselves in some sort of trouble, and he uh, he leads them to safety. He defends them, he rescues and delivers them from that, uh, that trouble. He also describes himself as being the shepherd of his people, someone who watches over them and tends to their needs and cares for them. He, he describes himself as the comforter of his own people, and even the restorer, and the restorer could be seen in view of eternity, where he reconciles his people to him, and it can also see, be seen in the immediate. So when there's this imbalance of uh, social economic status, God seeks to help the needy and restore them and help them back up to their feet.
Now, what's important about learning about all these things is that you know Yahweh does not hide himself from us. He makes himself known. And it's important because pretty much all the other religions in those days were built upon this idea that people were trying to earn the favor and the attention of their deity. You know, they tried to do all these things just to get the attention of their God, whereas with Yahweh, it's the other way around. God pursues us. And another thing that uh, came to my mind what came, uh, comes out of the book of Colossians, uh, where Paul is dealing with a lot of false teachers, and uh, one set of false teachers that he has to deal with are those that claim to have some special hidden knowledge of deity and basically they're trying to establish this superiority over people and it's causing a lot of uh, confusion and a lot of um, anxiety and fear and Paul comes in and he says my goal is that they may that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that you may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so, as we go through this, uh, it's very interesting, very, uh, very comforting to know that Yahweh pursues us and he wants himself to be known. So, for those of us who do seek him, who want to know him, he will reveal himself to us. If you have questions or comments about today's episode, or even just want to say hello, feel free to email me at laymansbiblepodcast at gmail.com. That's laymansbiblepodcast at gmail.com.